1: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au.
0: T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.
1: A couple of days ago, the AC 40, the test boat for the New Zealand America's Cup team, capsized off Waiheke Island in around about 15 to 20 knots of wind. A lot of damage done to the boat. Is this a major setback for Team New Zealand, or is this just something you plan for? How much of a concern is there in the fact that the crew lost control of this boat? Well, the voice of the Americas Cup, Peter Lester, joins us on the programme. Peter, good evening. Welcome. G'day, Waddo. How are you? Uh, Firstly, just explain to people exactly what did happen a couple of days ago um, off the north of Waiheke Island.
0: Yeah, Monday they were out uh, training off Waiheke, um, off the northern side in, in, in big big breeze. They actually said it's around 15 knots, but it was peaking quite a lot higher than that and quite big seaway running. My understanding is um, they were going pretty well. And um, these boats are on the edge, of course, but they lost control, they nosedived, and, and when they did the nosedive, the boat d- jibed as well and, and capsized. Um, so the damage would have been done when they actually nosedived and the, the bow of the boat went under the water. And uh, above they um, have essentially broken the foredeck on the boat. And, and the bulkhead forward of the crash bulkhead, which prevents the boat from sinking, also got damage. So they'll probably be in the shed, I would have thought, anywhere from two to three weeks to, to, to repair. They'll get that done and they'll get back out. They'll be fine. I think um, it's important to just point out this is a half-size boat, 40-footer, uh, and and it, it can have two configurations on this boat. So when they first got the boat, which were actually designed by Emirates Team New Zealand but built in China and then the fit out, the final fit-out was done when the boat arrived in New Zealand. So the boat went in the water as a one-design boat. So all these 40-footers will be used by the teams, each team's got to have one uh, for the Youth America's Cup and the Women's America's Cup. In that configuration, they're one design, all exactly the same. Team New Zealand, when they first sailed the boat, had it in that one design configuration, but just in the last two weeks, they've gone into America's Cup mode, and that means the flying of the boat um, has to be done manually, as is, as it is in the America's Cup. Um, in the one design configuration, it's actually uh, under an autopilot, so it flies itself. So they were actually testing uh, 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 a system that might be incorporated in the in the next America's Cup boat that they'll start building, sort of mid next year. So look, um, yeah, it, it, better to find it now than later on is, mm. is probably my summary, and it is repairable very much.
1: And was it the number one crew on board Were Burling and Tuke at the helm?
0: My understanding, Burling and and uh, Nathan Outridge were on board, the two helmsmen. Um, yeah, Toot was there. He'd have been flying the boat. Um, and, and um, um, uh, yeah, so they, they, there's only four people on the 40-footer. Um, so, they, yeah, they had their ace, aces on board. But as we know with these things, if, if they come unstuck, as we saw at the last America's Cup with, with uh, American Magic, and it was about those same conditions that American Magic actually capsized. A very similar day, quite gnarly, big seas and, and big gusts of wind. So, yeah, interesting. Hey, th- these boats are on the edge.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I was talking about that 15 to 20 knots. I mean, what's the maximum that's going to be in Barcelona? Was it a little irresponsible going out in these conditions?
0: No, no, no. You've got to push them. You've got to push them, and, and you know, there's, no error, there's no safety margin in the construction of these things. If, if they have too much safety margin in terms of construction, the boats get heavy. If you don't have enough, you, you end up with a situation like they're dealing with now. To probably do the repair, the, the, the weight gain will probably be only in the region of six or seven kilos. So it's very, very fine margins of engineering for the, so that the crew can push the boat hard.
1: Okay. In terms of the development, though, you said this boat might take two or three weeks to repair. So, does that set the program back? I mean, how do they? Where does the adjustment come? What 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 do they do now?
0: Um, overall, no. They're better to find out now. Um, they have got a, another one of these 40-footers actually arriving, and that's about to... I don't think it's quite here yet, coming in. Um, so they, once they get that boat, they'll commission it. So Team New Zealand are actually going to have two of these one design 40s, one-in-one one design, probably one in the open configuration to test. Um, probably in terms of the this far out from the cup, does it have much impact? Um, I, I see the impact as reasonably positive because of, of what they will have learned from what went on on Monday.
1: Mm, OK, Peter. Uh, look, the other thing, over the weekend, you attended the New Zealand Yachting Awards. Uh, who won the gongs there? What were some of the uh, the stories that came out of that? Uh,
0: Thomas Saunders won overall the Sir Bernard Ferguson Trophy. Um, he won that on the back of winning the Laser World Championships in 2021. And he's the only, he's the second New Zealander to have won that Laser Worlds over the, what, 40 or 45 years that the laser's been around. So, uh, you know, in terms of uh, winning world championships for Olympic disciplines, that that was a big one. Nick Burford was the only other guy that's ever won the Laser Worlds. Yeah, where's he from? Uh, He's from Tauranga. um, And,. a very good sailor One to watch out for Actually looking looking ahead If he can qualify for um, For you know 2024 in Marseille So uh, the Olympics uh, well, Sailings down in Marseille
1: I mean it's such a popular boat The laser I mean you always see the lasers out there Why have, why
0: have it been such slim pickings for us At a world championship level? Because it's a bloody hard one to win It's tough but Because the laser itself In terms of one design Is true one design The boats are relatively cheap um, and and therefore, the the numbers that sail lasers around the world are huge. Um, New Zealand's been close. You know, we've been the likes of Hamish Pepper's been very close. Obviously, um, um, you know, through even Dean Barker, uh, Russell Coote's had a dabble in them. Um, we've had some very very good sailors, but the the class actually over the last sort of 15 years has been dominated by the Aussies yeah. and we saw it even in um, even in Tokyo, you know the, the, the Australians, uh, Tom Burton won their gold medal there, the Aussies have been stronger than the New Zealanders in the laser class so um, for Saunders to have won that was a good effort. The other interesting one is one of the designers from Team New Zealand got um, Yachts Woman of the Year for winning the Wasp World Championships um, on Lake Garda, and and that was Elise Beavis. Now she, in her in her day job, she's one of the, you know, real hotshot shot um, engineer designers at Team New Zealand. So you know she's a world champion, and and also one of the real uh, leading forces for design down at um, uh, down at Team New Zealand. So that was a, you know, that was very well received for her to. to, to to win
1: that. Peter, Peter, people won't be familiar, say, with the wasp. I mean, a lot of people wouldn't have heard of that category of boat. Is that that a a foiling boat? Is there um, some similarities there between the technology around the America's Cup?
0: Well, yeah, but a hell of a lot more basic. So what it is, it's a 12-foot dinghy that's on foils. Um, and they, um, they're not an Olympic class, they're an international class, but I think from memory they're about 145 entrants at that World Championship. Um, and um, she at least finished 22nd overall and, and first woman. And I think, from memory, there are about 30 women in the fleet. Look, in terms of – I think it's just great that a, that a, one of the real um, brains of our sport in terms of America's Cup mm-hmm. gets out there, gets her feet wet and won a world championship. Great effort. Mm-hmm.
1: And other winners?
0: Um, in, in terms of across the field, there was um, some of the other notables. You know, when you come down, they have sort of the service awards and, and high performance awards. Um, there were um, Peter Burling's team in, in, in terms of sale GP. They they got acknowledged in the performance awards. Um, which I thought was, you know, reasonably significant. And um, in terms of um, across the field, the the youth team were acknowledged. And the the night was a big night. And the Governor-General was there, which I thought was was great. Mm
1: -hmm. Hey, Peter, just going back to the lasers, is it true, mate, that you still sail a laser and that you've had to be rescued a lot out there in the Waitamata Harbour. You've got caught up in the Pippi <laughs> Shift and your sort of confusing ability with ambition these days, mate, and that you're not quite as athletic or as strong as you once were. Is, is that true, Peter? Uh, all true, all true, <laughs>
0: all true. I did have a dabble, actually, a few years ago. I know you did, lady. Peter, and I remember you telling me you uh, capsized
1: or you ran aground somewhere out there by a lady rang hot Toto.
0: Well, I don't know a rag of ground, but several times capsized. They are an extremely difficult boat to sail, and and when you look at the likes of Tom Saunders, what they can do, um, they make the boat dance. They're they're actually a really basic mm. boat. They first came on the scene what 1974, first world tour yep. in Bermuda, uh, and they've been in Olymp- you know an Olympic class for oh, the best part of 20 years, but incredibly difficult to sail. Uh, and an a, a, a absolute beast of a boat. So to win the Laser Worlds for Tom Saunders, yeah, big, big gong.
1: Yeah, yeah. just someone wanting to text in too, someone genuinely texting in going, can you please <laughs> tell me what the Narpipi Road
0: shift is? Oh, I've been through this before with you. Different Narpipi audience, Road, Peter, different knows? audience, Peter. it it'd be, be, <laughs> During
1: the America's <laughs> Cup, the last America's Cup on the Waitamata Harbour, uh, somewhere opposite <laughs> North Head or Devonport, the terminology came out, that was the Narpipi Road shift. What is the <laughs> Narpipi Road shift? People have heard, people have heard of the, um, uh, what is it, over there in Perth, the Fremantle Doctor. What is the Narpipi Road shift?
0: Well, in, in real terms, so Narpipi, well, Narpipi Road run, runs, of course, off Tarmaki Drive. And that's where those lovely little boat sheds are around the waterfront. Now, if you sail 18-footers or 12-footers or down with Akarana, uh, Yacht club. Um, if you, if it's southerly west it always pays to punch into the left-hand side of the track, going upwind towards Compass Dolphin or up where the um, up where the Coast Guard are and the the bottom end of Ferguson Wharf's container terminal. Because as um, Oraki Basin opens up and and now Pipia Road runs around there, of course, there's a shift, a big left-hand shift. And if you're a local yokel, you can hook into that lift. And, and make a game. Well, I took the liberty in the America's Cup. In fact, they were right over the other side of the harbour, but it, you know how it just rolls off the tongue when we're doing commentary. I just threw in the up. Team New Zealand made a, a lead change in the road shift. Well, you've gone out on that ever since.
1: Well, I know, mate, because I don't make things up as a commentator, Peter. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I just... I I can't quite make it up. I just took the liberty of, uh, you know, saying, well, it's a left-hand shift and it might as well be enough, if you yeah, right. Yeah. It, 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 it worked at
1: the time. And, uh, brilliant, Peter. Hey, look, lovely to have you on the programme. Thanks for the update on the America's Cup as well.
0: All the best, mate. Cheers.
1: Thank you, Peter Lester there, uh, talking the America's Cup. Yeah, so Team New Zealand, they were testing uh, under manual flight control. northwest of Waiheke Island, around about 15 to 20 knots of wind speed, uh, large waves, and while sailing downwind at over 40 knots of boat speed, the crew lost control uh, of what they call the ride height, which caused the rudder and the elevator to come out of the water. This resulted in a high speed, uh, uncontrolled jibe and simultaneous deep, di- uh, deep nosedive, and which then clearly led to the capsize. So, a little bit lucky, not mucking around on these boats, but you've got to find out what your Everest is, don't you? You've got to fall over the edge sometimes to climb back up and go, okay, I know what my limits are now.